good, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Tank U NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Aaron Canuccio. Joining me today, once again, is Pat McMahon. Today, we'll be talking to you again about NBA draft details. If you didn't know, yesterday was the NBA draft withdrawal deadline for a lot of these prospects who entered were an early entrant into the NBA draft. So today, Pat and myself will be going through this list of guys who decided to stay and guys who decided to stay in college and stay in the NBA draft. And we'll see. We'll talk about who impressed us, who, sorry, not impressed us, who we were shocked to see stay in the draft and stay in college. And so um, without further ado, let me just start by saying, so we're going off a list that Jeff Goodman uh, of Stadium, he put together, uh, watchstadium.com, great site. They do awesome work. You know, Shams is a part of that now, too. And Jeff Goodman, obviously one of the lead college basketball writers and insiders. Uh, he did a great job of keeping track of all the guys who were declaring and not declaring. And um, Yeah, so without further ado, so before, I want to start with the guys that are returning to school. So out of the early of the undergraduates, 89 decided to return to school after declaring for the draft, and 86 decided to stay in the NBA draft. So, yeah, we're looking at a total of 175 undergraduates who entered that draft pool, and then, you know, 89 pulled out. So out of those 89, at least for me, some names that resonated were Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. That was actually a big one because that was very late yesterday. And Charles Bassey was kind of a guy that, at least for me, I don't know what you think, that he was kind of just like, you know what, yeah, he's going to be in the draft. He'll probably be a first-round pick. At least that was the thought early on. I don't know. What did you think when you heard about that? Yeah, I was very surprised by uh, Bassey's decision to go back to school. He was probably, honestly, the, the most surprising decision of anyone to return for me. Um, like you kind of said, it was always just, you know, I didn't really think twice about it with this deadline. I thought Bassey was a guy that was – going to solidly stay in the draft but um you know maybe who knows maybe that he didn't get the the kind of feedback he thought he did um maybe he really wants to you know play with rick stansbury western kentucky again um mm-hmm. they got you know a decent decent squad down there but that was i was pretty shocked to hear bassey's decision yeah and that's another thing you know when you're charles bassey and you hear him choosing to go to a college like western kentucky no shot against them they're not a premier program so you're thinking, listen, he's going to be there for one year, and then he's gone. He's going to the NBA. He's going to take the next step. But to your point, it has to be. You have to think that there were NBA teams lining up saying, listen, sorry, we're not going to, we're not going to take a chance on you, or they didn't promise him. That's my thought, is that he didn't even receive a second-round promise, which is very unattractive for guys. But one thing I will say about Bassey is that He's still 18 years old, doesn't even turn 19 until October. So at this time next year in the 2020 NBA draft, Charles Bassey will be 19 years old. So let's keep that in mind. And pretty much going into that next NBA season, he'll still be 19. So he's young, he's got time, and you know, it obviously every college player will make a decision that's best for them and their family. So no shot against Bassey. It's just, it's definitely a little shocking given the program he was with and uh, given all those circumstances, a couple other guys, Jaron Cumberland. I know, you know, I was a big fan of his. I know we mentioned him on a podcast before Pat and Cumberland great for Cincinnati for that program, keeping one of the best players in that conference, probably the best player in that conference. And honestly, now, 
given that he's going to be in next year's draft, I think he might, if he can show more of a playmaking, uh, distributing ability, I should say, honestly, he has all of the tools to succeed in the NBA. What do you think about that? I, do you, what did you think about when you heard of Cumberland too? Yeah, I was also kind of surprised by his decision. Um, he played great this year, kind of exceeded all expectations. Yeah, you know, in his first year being the guy at Cincinnati. But um, you know, trying to understand his thinking, I feel like you know he maybe looks at guys like Cam Johnson um, or uh, Matisse Thybul that stayed that fourth year and thinking, you know, like I kind of just burst on the scene now. I'm getting a little attention. If I, you know, keep keep up this level player, you know, play even better next year, could could possibly jump in into the first round because, like you said, I think he does have the tools to succeed. So maybe, you know, another year of kind of getting his name out there, being even more well known nationally, could could help him jump into that first round next year. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's one thing. Obviously, it's it's an unknown thing when you're deciding to stay in school is because you don't know how good the draft's going to be next year. And with a lot of these names that we've heard that are staying and we'll continue to get into more names, um, it, you know, Cumberland might have a lot of competition going into the draft next year, but he's shown with all indication to your point, he should only improve next year. And all signs point to him being, you know, a solid first or second round pick late first, early second round pick next year, given he has a similar season. So just moving forward, a couple other names I'm going to run through. Anthony Lamb, you know, that was a guy I've mentioned in podcasts before. And he, you know, he, I, he impressed me so much. And I've always said, I've been adamant about saying that he has one of the best spin moves I've seen in college basketball, given how quick it is and given how it's so unguardable. And, you know, him coming back to Vermont, honestly, that's that's pretty good for his draft stock. Uh, he's got a lot of eyes on him towards the end of the season. And going into next season, I think he'll have even more eyes on himself. So he can start to show some, you know, unfortunately for uh, draft and uh, evaluations, they've only been able to see him in like a big man role, which is pretty much what Vermont has because they have a pretty small team. But they are losing a good amount of seniors, so... We'll see what Anthony Lamb decides to do, um, or I should say how Vermont decides to play him within their offense, and if he's able to kind of show more of a perimeter skill and to be more of a three instead of a small ball four where he's actually just 6'6", because six, six, um, that's, that's his stature. He's a power forward, but uh, if he can show that he has that small forward versatility, NBA teams are going to love him. And I think he's really going to be a steal next year. Uh, moving forward, I just mentioned Anthony Lamb. Uh, Andrew Nemhard. I'm really glad he's staying another year. Really glad to see that. Jordan Wara. I know, Pat, you had done a scouting report on him, I believe, earlier this year. What did you mm-hmm. think of hearing about that? Yeah, he was one of those guys that um, was right there on the border. Like, neither – if he stayed in the draft or came back, neither would have really surprised me. Um you know, I don't hate the decision for him to come back to school. I think uh, he was kind of borderline second round undrafted. I think if he has another um, breakout year, uh, it continues to build on, you know, that scoring average, the impressive things he did at Louisville, um, and which is very possible given it looks like he'll have better supporting cast around him. I think he could have a big junior season and, you know, improve his stock even more. So I think, I think he made the smart move. And Louisville should have a really good team coming this year. Um, 
moving forward though, so uh, another next person on my list I have here, I want to mention Quentin Grimes because Quentin Grimes um, now he's answering uh, entering the transfer portal, so he's going to be a you know he's an interesting guy because obviously now we're not going to see him until what now he's going to be twenty and that's not that bad, uh, but he's going to have to sit out a year. Uh, if he's going to transfer. And, you know, he was such a top prospect. I, rem- I remember, Pat, we were talking about Quentin Grimes being mm-hmm. a top-five prospect pretty much going into this season, and then he just disappointed on crazy levels, honestly. Mm-hmm. So what's your thought about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that shocked that he came back because, like you said, his stock kind of fell a lot as conference play started for Kansas last year. He disappointed, wasn't even on the court that much. Um, but I am shocked that he's transferring. I mean, maybe, you know, he just wasn't happy with Bill Self or whatever the case may be, but he's, you know, he's still got invited to the combine, you know, GMs are still giving him a look, but now you're going to go a full year when no one's going to watch him play. Um, and then, you know, the, his junior year, redshirt sophomore year, wherever, wherever he ends up, that's huge. Like that, his whole, like, you know, stock getting into the league, all is solely going to be dependent on that year. And then he's two years older. So if he, doesn't show the kind of improvement that scouts hope you know he's, he's kind of screwed so kind of a head-scratching decision there but you know maybe he just he probably didn't get the feedback he's hoping for and you know you, you got to think there's some tension there between uh him and, and kansas so you, you know that's the only explanation for why he, he would a guy like that would transfer yeah i agree with you there um so quentin grimes definitely one of the interesting guys and uh, you know hopefully he can transfer to a good program once again and uh, show off some of that skill we saw in high school going into the college ball. Um, moving forward, EJ Montgomery was another guy, but he didn't really show us much in Kentucky. So I'm really happy he's returning, and let's hope he gets a bigger role in that offense and in that team in general and can show why he's a legitimate NBA prospect. Because at times last year, he definitely showed that. Uh, a couple of others, Lamar Stevens. I am very happy he's returning because you just simply can't really succeed in the NBA if you don't have a three-point shot, and he shot an abysmal percentage this year. It was, I constantly was looking. It was hovering around 20%, I believe, throughout the season, and that's just not going to cut it uh, legitimately for a player. And it, let me preface this. He's a very good defender, very skilled player, but... Uh, when you shoot that poor of a percentage, let me look up the exact percentage. It was 22 this year. It was 22%. So that's just that three-point percentage is not going to cut it. 77 from the line, so that's that's suitable. We're fine with that, and that bodes well for his future three-point percentage. But for now, I don't see it. Uh, let me just rattle off a couple names. Killian Tilly, Emmett Williams, Miles Powell, and Nemius Keita. Uh, Nemius Keita, I'll say real quick, he was a guy I mentioned on podcasts over and over again, going to be end up being the first Portuguese-born uh, player drafted into the NBA. Uh, so let me just finally say this for him. Once he does declare, he will get drafted, and he's going to be, I think, a pretty solid pro player. Uh, but out of those guys, Killing Tilly, Emmett Williams, and Miles Powell, any of those three stand out to you, Pat? Um, I mean, I, I was probably the most surprised by Tilly. Um, just for the fact that, you know, he's been around so long, I think it's it's tough. He had a tough break with all the injuries he's gotten over the past couple of years. But I think, you know, scouts have seen him in college for three years. They know what he can do. Um, they know what he's capable of. I don't I, – I mean, I know 
he probably, again, didn't get great feedback. But I don't think there's that much more that he can show off next year and, and improve his stock upon. So I think he should have um, stayed in the draft. Uh, but who knows, maybe, maybe it'll end up benefiting him in the long run. But that was an uh, interesting one for me. It was definitely interesting because he chose not to go to the Combine too, right? Right. So that, that's an interesting situation right there because you had to think mm-hmm. that he got either good enough uh, re- like response from NBA teams and scouts he had talked with or his agency had advised him not to go to the draft combine, which makes sense because of the injury issues. You don't want right. to have these teams have like a full medical on you, but still a little odd that, you know, he didn't go to the combine. It just ends up being one of the, you know, scratches from staying in the draft. All bodes well for him in the future. Like you said, he's shown off some skill, but, um, you know, if he gets injured again, hope, God forbid, you know, we're probably looking at a player that, you know, might not end up making the NBA just because of all those injury issues. So mm-hmm. just someone to monitor. But anyway, those are the guys that stood out to us that decided to return to school. Obviously, there's a list of 89 undergraduates who did that. Uh, you can see that full list on watchstadium.com. Like I said, Jeff Goodman did a fabulous job of doing this, um, keeping track of everyone. Uh, going forward, I, uh, we're going to rattle off some names. Again, this podcast is not going to be too long. We just want to talk about some of the guys that stood out to us on this NBA withdrawal deadline yesterday. But now we're going to talk about the guys who decided to stay in the NBA draft. And let me just go through uh, these names, and I'll, I'll stop at one that stands out to myself. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, we knew. Lottery potential, going to be a first-round pick, no doubt. R.J. Barrett, obviously no doubt. Uh, Tyus Battle, we had known for a while. Darius Basley, are you shocked at all from that, Pat? Because for me, you know, he obviously was the guy who had the New Balance uh, internship, quote-unquote, just making some money that way instead of going to college or um, just being one year out of high school. And, you know, obviously we had heard a lot about him at the NBA Draft Combine, but he's he's a a guarantee, right? You had thought, like, yeah, he was going to intern there, but – there was no doubt he was going to go to the NBA, right? Yeah, I, I didn't think. Um, yeah, there was any there was any doubt yeah. he, was, he was staying. I, um, you know, I think his whole intent, his whole reasoning for doing that New Balance deal, whatever. Like, I, I think he just didn't want there to be any way for his stock to be hurt. So yeah. I don't. I couldn't see him playing elsewhere next year besides you know the NBA or a G League team that yeah. he gets assigned to. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Then Bull Bull, obviously another uh, given first round pick. Marcus Bolden, uh, for me, you know, looking at that name, I know he was one of the late ones who decided to stay in the draft. I don't see pro potential right now. It's hard for guys like that when you're clearly the fifth, you know, fifth option on a team like he was at Duke. But then again, he's probably going to be in the league too, and he wasn't that great of a rim protector. There were some games, but that was when he had a height advantage. He's not going to have that in the NBA. So for me, Marquis Bolden, that was – that was one that I was like, yeah, well, okay, cool. Yeah, he's going, but he'll probably start overseas and hopefully work his way back or in the G League. Jordan Bone, Kai Bowman, Iggy Brasdikas, O'Shea Brissett, all guys that, you know, O'Shea not as much, but for the most part, those guys we knew were going to stay. I'm going to mention uh, Armani Brooks real quick because he was one of the late ones. I believe he posted it was either on his Twitter or Instagram and that he was – entering the NBA draft. And I don't know if you, you know, Pat, you have much of a thought on Armani Brooks right now, but for me, you know, 
watching him during with that Houston great Houston team this year and into the NCAA tournament, you know, he's he's got a strap on him. You know, he can hit it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Clear NBA range on his shot. And for me, he was one of the inter- interesting guys where it was like he had that Nick Young stock in him where it was like, okay, if he gets hot, yeah, you just want to continue to feed him. But otherwise, not sure how much he's really doing for your team. So he was a lo- it was a little shocking to see him go into the draft. But, I mean, you know, Corey Davis Jr. is gone. And um, even though that Houston team still has a, a solid amount of players, maybe it made sense for Armani to stay. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know if he's gonna get. I, I doubt he gets drafted. He'll definitely get some looks in the in the uh, summer league. I don't think he ultimately ends up on NBA roster. But I'm never gonna knock a guy who was kind of off the radar, who has a great tournament, to kind of ride that momentum and declare for the draft. So I think, um, you know, you can't really knock him for that. Yeah. And another guy, Charlie Brown Jr. I know we mentioned him in a previous podcast as a sleeper prospect. I don't know if you wanted to talk on him. I know you're going to end up doing a scouting report again. Anyone who wants to read our scouting reports, head to basketballsocietyonline.com. Um, I don't know if you just want to know a little about Charlie Brown because I know you instantly, when you heard that, you shot into the group chat, chat for Basketball Society saying, whoa, Charlie Brown declared. Uh, were you a little surprised or what was your thought? Yeah, I mean, Charlie Brown's an interesting prospect. Um, Like Aram said, I'm going to have a scouting report on him coming out sometime this weekend. So go, you know, head to basketballsocietyonline.com to to read more about Brown if you're interested. Um, But he's got, like, he's an interesting player because he had a great freshman year out of nowhere at St. Joe's and had so much momentum and just had, you know, a a, a tragic ACL tear sophomore year just when, you know, he started to, you know, gain a little national attention. And then came back this year is a little bit up and down, but he's one of those guys. If you there's a couple games you watch him and he looks unstoppable out there, and then some days he's kind of, um, you know, just like where is he? You know, kind of like you know more like uh, mid major level um, Kevin Porter Jr. Except he was you know even a little more even productive than than uh, Kevin Porter on the NBA level. But I think he he does have some sneaky potential, and he'll be a guy to monitor. Um, you know, in the summer coming up, in the summer league and around training camp time. Definitely love that. Can't wait to read that Sky and Report, too. Everyone check that out when it comes out. Also, moving forward, Moses Brown, one guy, you know, you watch him on the court. He seems like at times he doesn't really know how to play. But over the course of the season, he definitely improved to some extent, not to the point where you're like, oh, he's just for sure surefire draft pick. For now, he's on the outside looking in, most likely. And um, I guess it's good for him because his draft stock's not improving next year if he can't improve at the college level. So maybe go to the NBA, go get some pro experience, and then work your way up. Brandon Clark, Nicholas Claxton, even though Claxton was a little later, both are kind of givens. They're probably going to – well, Clark's definitely a first-round pick. Claxton's probably borderline but going to be a late first-rounder. Amir Coffey, Tyler Cook, both of those guys, you know, they had good tournaments. They've had good careers already. Just staying another year maybe in their minds was, you know – it wasn't necessary for their draft potential. Uh, a couple other guys that were given, Jared Culver, Aubrey Dawkins, Lugan Stort, Carson Edwards. We knew about these guys. And Bruno Fernando, Daniel Gafford, Darius Garland, all uh, givens as well. Uh, I just want to jump down real quick. So the other two, Kyle Guy and Rui Hashimura, we're literally going to go in alphabetical order here. Those guys, we knew they were staying in. Kyle Guy was... I believe a week ago or so, maybe a little less, where we heard about that. 
but given his tournament play, you got to figure that he's not going to get better stock than that. Um, Jalen Hands, I want to mention him because I, I did think we hear, heard this a little while ago, but but he's a very interesting prospect because he ha- he's shown stretches where he's incredible, where he can lead an offense, where he's a true leader. Obviously, we all saw that play where I think it was Moses Brown, actually, whose head was down, and uh, Jalen Hands told him to pick up his head, let's go, uh, leading this team. So I thought that was uh, really apparent to point to the fact that he's going to be a true leader. What do you think of Hands? Did you were you a little surprised that he didn't decide to stay another year? Um, yeah, a little bit. I'm not too high on Hands, um, but you know, kind of his production hasn't been quite what you know a lot of people thought it would be in both his first two years at UCLA. But he's still an intriguing prospect, a good athlete, and and like you said, that leadership potential. Um, he'll he'll get a look. I think he'll ultimately end up on the outside looking in in terms of you know making an NBA team, but. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised, but, you know, we'll see how it goes for Hans. Yeah. And uh, just so we don't, you know, give up all this time, I'm not going to go through all these, like, potential, like, easy top ten picks, like Jackson Hayes. I'm not going to mention him. Tyler Hero, that was a given. Amir Hinton, we've been hearing about the T2 prospect for a long time, as well as Jalen Horde. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker, let's, let's mention him real quick because, you know, he measured in really well at the Combine, and – you know, he was someone we've been up and down about uh, throughout the season. And when I say measured, his wingspan was fantastic. It was like 7-1, even though he's a 6'4", gu- uh, two guard. So for Talon, were you a little upset that he decided to go to the draft? or Because he is someone I think, you know, he shot so poorly this year, especially from three-point arc, beyond the three-point arc, that, you know, I really think if he stayed one more year, I thought he was going to make unbelievable jumps this summer. <laughs> and if he could get that three-point percentage up to like 35 and hover around 48 at field goal percentage, just because he actually is a really good finisher. He's he's should be able to bully people. He played constant bully ball this year. I thought maybe he could work his way into a lottery pick next year. This year, I think he's a second-round pick. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I think Tucker definitely could have benefited from staying another year. Um, you know, like you said, his his shooting was, was very inconsistent. He did not hit at a good percentage this year. And um, he's a little, you know, slow-footed. He would have a tough time on defense. I personally am not too high on him. I think he's, you know, a mid to late second rounder. But, you know, from, from what I've been reading, it seems it seems like this t- there's teams out there that still like him. And, you know, he, he probably could end up in the late first round. Um, so, you know, if that's the case, I, I'm sure he got pretty decent feedback. But I, I like I like you just pointed out, I think he definitely could have benefited from from another year, you know, working on getting more consistent shooting the ball and, and, and you know, getting better on the defensive end. Yeah, and I, I'm with you there. I, we did see some flashes, though. I, I have to admit that. Um, we did definitely see some flashes. So another year in college could have helped him, but – you know, with the next guy I'll actually mention is Lindell Wigginton, his teammate who decided to, you know, forego his the rest of his college tenure and goes to the NBA draft. He's one guy who's gone. I think um, there are a couple other guys. No, Higginton decided to stay, I believe, another year. Or so, um, sorry, Halberton. That's who decided to stay another year for Iowa State. Uh, but 
outside of those guys, I think, yeah, Lindell Wigginton, too, with him being gone, maybe it makes sense. Talon's like, you know what? I'm going to leave, too. Iowa State has less potential to make a deep run next year, and he thinks maybe he can get the experience he needs in the NBA to truly earn himself a role. A couple other guys I want to mention. Again, a lot of these guys, Cam Reddish, Kevin Porter Jr., Jante, Jordan Poole, Shmory Pons, all, all these guys we already knew were sticking in here. Uh, Rajon Tucker I want to mention. And, you know, he's not a very well-known player, but he averaged almost maybe north of 20 this past season and at Little Rock. And before that, he was at Florida Gulf Coast. And maybe you'll remember him for that dunk he had where he literally shut off the shot clock. I believe that was in the Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament, I believe. Maybe it wasn't that conference at the time, but um, that's how I remember it. And literally shut off the shot clock. And he's a football player playing basketball. That's That was my initial thought. I remember back when I was scouting, uh, I had a scouting assignment at NJIT. I scouted an NJIT Florida Gulf Coast game. I watched him during warm-ups, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, Rayshon Tucker's got unbelievable skill. Like, that's just crazy, his ability. Uh, just in the beginning of the game and then we heard Rajon Tucker declare for the draft but was entering the transfer portal and then once we heard he was going to Memphis it was my initial thought you know what he's going to Memphis he already he told Memphis he's gonna go but now just last night we heard he's staying in the NBA draft I don't know what what are your takeaways from that because my first takeaway is whoa like a team must have promised him right otherwise he gave that Condition to Memphis that you know what I'm going to come I'm announcing I'm going to Memphis next year and then he made a last second chance there had to be something there because I know Memphis did obviously announce a lot a new recruiting class that's exceptional so maybe like I believe Boogie Ellis ended up going there maybe that kind of swayed Rajon instead of a draft promise so I don't know what are you thinking there yeah that one was was a head scratcher you know I, I yeah I thought that too you know if you you end up putting your name in the transfer portal, you know, give a team a verbal commitment. I thought, you know, that was kind of it. But, you know, their, their monster recruiting class, maybe one of those guys he thought, you know, I'm not going to play that much anymore. Someone just took my spot, one of these big, big-time freshmen coming in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not I, – I can't really see a team promising him. You, it, that might be the case. But uh, just a weird situation. I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. And then the last person I want to mention real quick – uh, out of this full list of 86 is Trey Waters. You know, Trey Waters was probably probably the best passer in college basketball this past season. Uh, terrific point guard for LSU and continued to show that leadership ability we talked about before with Jalen Hands. And obviously, you know, I didn't mention this before, but em- Emmett Williams, I believe, was actually one LSU player who decided to come back. And with Trey Waters now going to the NBA, uh, and Nas Reed, he's gone. So I, I wondered what your thoughts, Pat, were on Trey Waters. Can he make the NBA? Do you think he's a draft pick, or do you think he's got to prove himself in summer league? Um, I, I think Waters made the right decision, um, just given the weak draft class. I think um, he was kind of you know borderline draft pick, but I think you know guys like Trey Jones, Ashton Higgins coming back, you know, just there's you know so many less capable point guards out there. I think he, yeah. you know, he thought um, this is maybe my chance to get, get drafted. I think I, I, if I had to put money on it, I'd say someone takes him in the second round and, you know, a guy like Waters, like 
you're not, you're not, you know, he's not a first round pick. He's not like a guaranteed a guy to, you know, he wasn't a guarantee when, when you're thinking of who's going to stay, keep their name in the draft. But I think he's so skilled. He's so smart. He's only going to, you know, get, show us that much more by staying another year because he's already like, you know, so close to filling out his potential because of how skilled he is. So I think he made the right move to, to go now, you know, instead of just get another year older. So I, I like his decision there. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably some of the feedback he got from teams and some of his agents too is that, you know, this isn't a deep point guard draft. You want to get drafted. You want to have a real chance at the NBA. Go now. Prove your worth. Go star in summer league. Even if you don't get drafted as a draft pick, go go show your worth. Because he is one guy. He's super smart, super skilled, crafty around the rim, and has been clutch at many points in his short career at LSU. So wishing him the best of luck in Trey Waters. And I do think he's going to have a stellar professional career in whatever capacity. But anyway, that's most of the guys we wanted to hang on today. Again, yesterday was the NBA withdrawal deadline. And you know what? We're getting into the thick of things. We have just over three weeks left until the NBA draft. And going forward for the rest of these podcast episodes, we're going to be taking on teams and just, discussing which NBA teams should be looking at specific prospects, which prospects they should be looking at. And we'll probably attack five to six each episode leading up to the NBA draft. And again, we're going to have one last podcast episode the day before the NBA draft so that we can prepare everyone for the forthcoming draft. Anyway, that's it for this episode, episode five of the Thank You NBA Draft Podcast. My name's Aaron Canusa. This is Pat McMahon. We're writers for Basketball Society, and we just want to thank you again for joining the Tank You NBA Draft Podcast. See you next week.